0: You're listening to The Itch, Rock Matters. My name is Casey.
1: My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And we are getting down to the wire here, you guys. We've got a sort of three-part situation going here to close out the first season of Rock Matters. Tonight we'll be doing the nominees for the first ever Itch Awards, which will be the precursor to the, I don't know, 11th or 12th Itch Top 20 albums of the year. Yeah,
2: you know, this really wasn't possible when we were doing our radio show. We always tried to do interactive things with with our listeners and with our Facebook followers. But we just never really had that social media presence that we needed in order to get the votes and to try to get the reactions and the interactions that we needed uh, to do something like this. But now that we are kind of becoming a little mini podcast force on Twitter, (laughs) I feel that, you know, hopefully with this we'll drum up enough interest to get some votes
1: and some feedback that would just be amazing. Yeah. So with regards to that, this is going to be an interactive situation we've got with this episode. We have come up with a series of categories regarding what we would say the best or our favorites in music this year. And we're just going to present a nominee. And then we're going to leave it up to you, the listeners, to select from the options that we gave you who you most believe deserves that award. And so we're going to have a link in the show notes to where you can vote. We're going to have it on our website, itchrocks.com. We'll have it on Twitter and Facebook, which are also itchrocks. And man, shoot, if you want, you know what? You can pause this episode while we're talking and you can go to our website and send us a voicemail with your vote for every category as you listen. I don't care. Just so long as the as the votes get in and the people have a say. You know, I think it's funny
2: that you're, you're you're so modest. You're at the beginning of that. You said that we came up with these categories, and <laughs> 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 that definitely is not the case.
1: You guys came up with a couple of them. Yeah, maybe the majority <laughs> of this stuff was all you. It was.
0: He's but, the organizer, but, though. But, um,
1: yeah. Well, yeah, mostly. I, I want I want it to be collaborative. I I, I sent it <laughs> the ideas to you guys a while ago, so in case you had further ideas. But really, this whole thing came from the idea of. We did an episode on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame about a month ago, and we had discussions about the Grammys before we decided that they weren't even worth talking about. But basically, we kind of came to the conclusion that like, we want to see actual rock music be represented. And obviously, we're not like a massive platform or some huge magazine or or entity, but we are still a voice and a platform. And so we're like, you know what? If the Grammys aren't going to nominate real rock artists, if the Hall of Fame is going to shaft deserving legends and whatnot then why don't we take it upon ourselves to do a little mini award show of our own and celebrate some of the best of 2020 yeah i agree the grammys suck (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i've
2: been saying this for years but they they definitely re like just sealed that this year by a lot like The rock performances aren't even rock bands I've ever heard of. They don't know their crap. It's all about pop. I mean, it's all about what's going to sell them,
1: you know, tickets to and viewership, I guess. But speaking of big magazines and and huge music entities, I saw Pitchfork's list of the best rock albums of 2020, and um, it was trash as well. Not because the (laughs) albums were bad, but because the albums also weren't rock music. So Pitchfork, (laughs) cut the crap. You make us have to do these things. Yeah. <laughs> you're supposed to be better than that. You're, you think you're better than that?
0: Just because pop artists and rap artists are trying to be rock doesn't mean that they are
1: right. <laughs> you got to get your categories correct. I get that there's some vagueness and overlap, but nonetheless, we got some stuff in here that's actually got a little bit of heaviness, a little bit of attitude, and uh, we're pretty excited about it.
2: Yeah, so let's get uh, right into it. Our itch award categories and. Uh, so I believe the way that we're going to do this is we're going to announce the category and then each one of us is going to nominate some, th- something. So we're going to have three options for every category. Exactly. And you will get to vote on one of those. Yeah. So it's also kind of, I, I feel like it's, it's, it's somewhat of a competition to be honest. Like I, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Um, I really do, I do want to make it. You, for win. My, you, you win. My votes. Like, yeah. I, I got to win. I got mean, to, I, I got to try to be the best of course. So, I'm going to really sell my nominations and just sell the shit out of them.
1: <laughs> Does the guy whose who's nominations win the most categories like get a prize or something? Or are we going to have uh, a championship? Yeah, bragging
2: rights for life. Fan favorite, duh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> fan favorite member of the H. Okay.
0: <laughs> my question is, who's going to have the John Travolta moment and have the Adele Dazeem mispronunciation of an artist? Wow, wow. <laughs>
1: We probably that won't happens. botch any names, but we don't make any promises. And if we do, we don't apologize either because it's just, it's fine. Hey, <laughs> If we botch
2: your name, you know what? You can leave, a, leave us a voicemail on our website with the That's correct right. pronunciation. And I, pr- yeah. I I promise you we will not botch your
1: name again. That's right. <laughs> we'll learn our lessons. So we're going to start with the debut album of the year, which we figured was a good opening salvo to this whole thing debut being a hopefully self-explanatory term meaning this is the first full-length release by an artist sound good yep yeah all right my nominee to start this one off is by a band called the nova twins who put out an album this year called who are the girls Uh, they put out a few eps in the past they are definitely an up-and-coming group they are a pair of black women from london england who make pretty awesome rock music, which is a sentence I would like to say more often in the future. They released their album on the 333 Records crew, which is run by Fever 333. And they made a high profile guest appearance on Bring Me the Horizons EP this year. So there are uh, they're some ladies that are moving up in the music world. And so I'm excited about them. And that's why their debut album is my nominee.
2: They were pretty awesome. They were good, good artists, but... I still have to uh, put my nominee out there on this list because of a technicality grandson, uh, because (laughs) technically he's had three other albums, but they were all EPs. So this is his first full length album after uh, being around for about two years. Uh, And he just proved with this album, exactly why he deserves to be the debut album of the year. It's, it's a fantastic album from start to finish. And even as good as, The first three EPs were, I didn't think that this album could top those, um, but yeah, I think he did it. I think he managed to find a way.
0: Yes. And for my nominee, it's going to be Saul and they released their album Rise As Equals. They only had one EP come out in 2019, I believe. It only had five songs on it. Two of those songs made it to the regular release. And it's 14 tracks of pure awesomeness. And they literally came out of nowhere. So check it out.
1: That's right. And but for the record, if you if you want to hear more about Grandson's album, Death of an Optimist, you can go back to episode 32, which we talked all about it at length. And if you want to hear more about Saul and Rise of Sequels, you can go to episode 35, where we talked about it at quarter length amongst four <laughs> different album <laughs> releases. And if you want to hear more about the Nova Twins, uh, I guess stay tuned until season 2 of Rock Matters. That's probably we'll talk more about that. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. All right, category number 2. Are we ready? Or Dan got yeah. more selling to do real quick.
2: No, I was just going to move it along. That's what I was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. Go ahead. And for our next category is EP of the year. My nomination for this category would be FIFA 333's EP that came out called Wrong Generation. I absolutely love this album. Uh, it was fantastic. They really had a lot of uh, kind of protest songs and a lot of uh, just songs about what we're dealing with and especially what they have to deal with being black men in America. Just, you know, understand what that experience is like, but they do a great job with very descriptive lyrics and, and the emotion that they put behind their music. Fantastic album. So hopefully you agree with me, but others have other opinions too.
0: (laughs) Mine is from Tom Morello, Commandant, and this is short and sweet, but it has Really good stuff on it. You have Voodoo Child, so Tom Morello's take on Voodoo Child, which is very interesting because it's just guitar parts and no vocals. So even the even the vocals are the guitar parts. <laughs> you also have Interstate 80 featuring Slash, so you have two guitar legends, so that's self-explanatory as well. You also have Secretariat, which is a song that goes out to Eddie Van Halen. It's only a minute and eight seconds of awesomeness.
1: Hmm. right on this is hard competition right here but i gotta go with the one that honestly i wanted to talk about at some all point all year
0: <laughs> all year and we never got to
1: so just just like local h a few episodes <laughs> ago i'm sneaking this one in now and that is <laughs> that is incubus with trust fall side b so Trustfall side a came out in 2015 and then they released the album eight in 2017 and then they decided to wrap up the trust fall with side B this year. And for my money, it's only five tracks, as you know, many EPs are, but it's definitely better than side A. And in terms of feeling like a consistent, like cohesive unit, it's probably overall better than eight even. And so I, I would say four out of five tracks on this, I very much enjoy listening to and are very musically interesting, which for me is a big deal for Incubus, because I think as they've aged and quote matured, They've had trouble being interesting sometimes. Sometimes they're just boring, and so this is a quality EP, and I hope it's a sign of more good things to come in the future.
2: Yeah, I like the path that Incubus has gone recently.
1: Yeah, they, they've they've got possibility for like a renaissance. It's it's there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Up next, we got track of the year, and. My nomination for track of the year is going to be Nothing But Thieves. Can you afford to be an individual? And if you want more information on that, we talked about that on episode 27. And what was that also? 30? 30... 35. We've mentioned this track twice before. Yeah. We have. So I'm not going to talk about it too much other than to say we're still dealing with it. And the election's been over for over two months now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a very fair point, right there. <laughs> um My track also is one from a band that we talked about on episode 35, and it's related to um, a huge event from the year 2020, and that's Local H with the track 846. And this is not a track that was on their album Lifers, it was a single that they released separately. And um, in case You know, you're not aware the name of the track and also the length of the track is in reference to the amount of time that George Floyd was laying on the ground with a man's knee in his neck, which led to big things happening this year. A lot of protests, hopefully some changes in some systems, at least some conversations. There was a major event and Local H's track here put out in tribute to that is probably the most heartbreaking song I've heard all year. I'm not going to say it's my favorite, quote unquote, because I don't really enjoy listening to it because it is painful. It's in eight minutes and 46 seconds and it's instrumental and it builds and builds an in intensity and you're just left sitting to think about the event that the song is about. Um, I highly recommend looking up the quote music video, which isn't really much of a video, but it does help the experience of listening to the song. So that's it's a beautiful piece of work very heartbreaking and my nomination for track of the year
2: man that's tough to follow uh (laughs) i know i I apologize (laughs) if i'd have known that i'd have made you gone before me (laughs) no
1: (laughs) it is it is hard
2: my nomination for single of the year or track of the year would be the heat seeker track with uh by dreamers featuring grandson Uh, one of the reasons why is just because for me this track kind of came out of nowhere. Dreamers is, is not a band that, I don't know, would make music that I would think I'd like. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I don't know how to put mm-hmm. that. Like, I just, they're not my type of band, I guess. I, I've, Cause I've listened to some of their other stuff, but for whatever reason, like this song was great. I remember when it first came out, we kept playing it on our uh TV and, and listening to it on the speakers and dancing around. So this one kind of, for me, has more sentimental value because it was more so like having fun with the family, but it also has lots of meaning behind the lyrics just, you know, kind of dealing with with what we're dealing with today. You know, I want to find the truth. I'm shooting at the moon. Uh, So that is one reason why it is my nomination for track
1: of the year. It's a banger. I'll give you that.
0: (laughs) It's fun. It came out pretty much at the start of the pandemic as well. So, yeah. And we also talked about that
2: song in the red episode.
1: Yeah. Episode six. So, we've talked about a lot of these tracks before as we keep going down here um i'm noticing that more and more which even my nomination for this next category which is the most disappointing release of the year is um is one that we've mentioned a couple of different times we don't dwell on it because we didn't enjoy it very much but it's the breaking benjamin album aurora or abora as we've called it in the past
0: <laughs> which is- It's is named abora
1: I don't I don't know if affectionately is the word I'd use, but yeah. <laughs> it's basically a collection of them like acoustic or semi-acoustically redoing some of their old tracks, usually with guest stars. And I the the one bit of credit that I'll give them is that a lot I think of those guest appearances were good. Um but the album as a whole really was just boring. <laughs> and so we're calling it a disappointment.
2: Well, I think the other thing is that we all hold breaking management in a very high regard. Anytime they put anything out, I think all of us have super high expectations for them at this point. And this just did not come anywhere near uh, our expectations, which is why it's a disappointing release of the year.
1: It is. And I'll get, yeah, like I said, I give them credit because they had a track that featured the guy from red, uh, Michael Barnes. They brought back Scooter Ward from cold. I don't know where he's been for quite a while.
2: <laughs> um, they're still putting out music, actually.
1: Yeah, well, okay. I, I see I didn't even know. Um, they got the guy from Under Oath, the guy from St. Asonia, and the final track with uh, Dear Agony featuring Lacey Sturm, which I think is actually a pretty great track, but I don't want to say too much positive because the album still is not great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're talking it up quite a bit.
1: Yeah. Uh, let's talk it down a little bit. That album was bland. <laughs> what do you got, Dan? <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. Uh
2: I I had very high hopes for the reimagined EP, and you know, I I kind of always have mixed feelings about, I guess, acoustic and broken down songs. But like this one, really disappointed me because of the track selection. I I felt like they chose hailstorms like heaviest songs, and they're just like, all right, let's just make the most metal songs we have as soft as possible, (laughs) and like, (laughs) it just. I don't know, for, for the like some of their best songs to do a complete 180, I just didn't like it. I did like the one Amy Lee song, uh, but that was it out of the five or six songs that's on that
1: EP. I'm glad to hear you say you like something with Amy Lee because that's not usually the case, just as a note. But yeah, credit no, where it, critics do, you know?
2: You know, honestly, I think that uh time lizzie hale works with any any other artist it, it's always gold I, she's i don't know if she just has a magic touch or or i don't know she just works well with people there's no doubt about that and that'll come up later but yeah it's just i just feel like she, she does work very very well with everybody and any song that she's always featured on or has people featured on her song they're
1: just always great songs she brings out the best in people i suppose there you go that's a good way to put it But in this EP, she did not necessarily bring out the best in her own band. (laughs) (laughs) No. But that's okay. How about you, Casey? What are you nominating as a disappointment?
0: I am nominating Stone Temple Pilots and their album Perdita. And, you know, their reboot, they rebooted themselves a couple years back and came out with an album and it was fairly decent. This attempt, not so much. That was just boring it it would have been per borda.
1: <laughs> well, you know, the word, the word Perdita translates into lost in Spanish. And um, maybe
0: that's what they were. Yeah. They, the took, it they took it lost. literal.
2: You know, and, and their reboot actually I felt was successful. Like I right. I don't know if they were trying, but like he did sound a lot like Scott Weiland. And it, I mean, they just, they, they sounded good when they rebooted. They sounded like they were still kind of invigorated this this album, they just did not sound inspired. They sounded just very bored and just kind of going through the motions. Ran know. out of steam. Yep. Very quickly, too. <laughs> Hopefully they'll do better. So there you go. That's <laughs> the vote for most disappointing release of 2020. All right. So for the next category, we have music video of the year. Uh, we actually recently talked about the music video that I'm nominating, which is Heart of a Champion. The revised version the video itself was awesome like it's so reminiscent of like old school video games that i used to play because they they basically have all of their the different people the band as characters playable characters and then they form like their masks that they have on their album form like a big final boss called dead bite and they all fight against him the one thing i i thought made this video is that all the people of Hollywood and Dead have and even the guest stars have like these cool names like Jacoby, you have funny man, you know, you have uh <laughs> J- Johnny Three Tears, and then you have Danny. <laughs> so Danny. Just that part that's funny to me. Like, yep. like so we I talked about
1: this in episode 34. So yeah. <laughs> there
0: you go. That that all is over the place. The music video I nominate. My nomination for music video of the year is a Lester Talked About Band, Ailstorm and their song, "Shipboat No Fans. And what <laughs> episode did we talk about them in?
1: Oh, man. I'm sorry, listeners. You're going to get annoyed with how much we do this. Maybe we'll slow down. But <laughs> we talked about this band in episode 20, Rock Like a Pirate.
0: And the music, it's only like a minute and 38 seconds, I think, or something like that but it is absolutely hilarious it's a song about a pirate ship that really sucks a bag of dicks (laughs) (laughs) or i'm sorry it can eat a bag of dicks yeah (laughs) (laughs) and the video is a bunch of please
1: don't tell me oh no (laughs) i haven't watched that video now i don't know if i can
0: you can, and, and you should. All right.
1: <laughs> you should.
0: Yeah, it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> uh, and that is why it is music video of the year. Sure,
1: why not? <laughs> 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 Shout out to Ronnie for appearing in that episode. Yes. And I said this before, but I still think it's funny. But uh, their Twitter account changes the word boat to band is the as the is the tagline for their Twitter <laughs> account. And I think that's just a great joke. And so... <laughs> Uh, Anyway, my music video of the year goes in a total opposite direction. And that's a dude who um, who was very intense in his songs and videos. And that's grandson Uh, or particularly I'm going to nominate the video dirty. Uh, I think it was the best of them, but he actually did four videos from his album, Death of an Optimist, all directed, I believe, all directed by a guy named Carl Jungquist. And they all follow a very similar theme They're They're black and white, and most of them revolve around sort of this internal psychological battle between grandson and his alter ego X and dirty is uh, I don't know. It feels kind of like the culmination of those videos. And so that's my nominee. I really appreciate the aesthetic and the way that he was trying to kind of tell a story across multiple songs and videos. And so I respect that. And so we're nominating grandson there.
2: I liked the choreography in that video. I was quite surprised that grandson Mm -hmm. got
1: down. With the uh, with the choreography, Ooh. he's got energy. That's for sure.
0: He said he enjoyed doing that different aspect of it because it's something that he really hasn't done in his career.
1: Ah, that makes sense. That's definitely the video where he dances the most. Yes. Yep. And so
0: <laughs> this category is going to be a little interesting. It's comeback album of the year, and it's interesting because two of the uh, nominees have. Members that have been resurrected, but my nominee somehow is still alive.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> that, that is a great <laughs> point.
0: <laughs> my nominee is Ozzy Osborne. He had an album come out called "Ordinary Man," and it's—I mean, you, some of you are probably going to say Ozzy as a comeback. Well, he hasn't released anything in like ten years. So. Next to
2: my thought too
1: was Ozzy is Ozzy as an ordinary man. What? Yeah. (laughs) not only is he not releasing anything in 10 years but the dudes had some major health issues for the past year or two right and so i'm sure i know he didn't do this album alone no but still
0: well the fact that he's had as many issues as he's had and can somehow focus in the studio and come up with really solid stuff is just extraordinary in my opinion
2: didn't he get his first Grammy award or something like that? For I
0: think so. Yeah, I think I believe I believe he did.
1: The song he did with Elton John.
0: Yeah, the Elton John.
1: It's a great track. Yeah. 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 Even though the Grammys still suck. Kudos to him for getting that.
0: Yeah. And the fact that, you know, you go from collaborating with Elton John and then go to collaborating with Post Malone, of all people.
1: <laughs> Both tracks, bangers, quality track. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't call Elton John as a banger, but. It's definitely a good song.
0: Yes.
2: Well, and that was just kind of a cool situation that he did with Post Malone where Post Malone appeared on his album and then he appeared on Post Malone's album.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Both of those tracks are bangers.
1: Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Um, So my comeback of the year, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go with this. I wrote this down as a note to myself. I know that at least Casey will appreciate this. My comeback of the year is a tie between Edge and Sting. (laughs) But uh, the double-edged humor of that is the fact that those are both the names of musicians, but that's not who I'm talking about. Yeah. And so, (laughs) but my actual nominee is Grey Days with the album Amends. And we talked about that story of that album at length twice. (laughs) So I won't really go into much about it. Uh, We talked about that on episode 12, Making Amends. And then in episode 25, when we actually got to speak with Sean Dowdell, pretty much the mastermind behind this album. So the long and short of it is the band that Chester Bennington was in before Linkin Park decided to get together and take some of his old vocals and sort of make a tribute to their late friend by building new music around them to sort of recreate and reimagine some of their old songs um, for a modern day. And it turned out to be a pretty impressive album. So that's what I got for that one. If you want to hear more, go back to those other episodes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so my nominee for Comeback Album of the Year also features a dead guy. Oh boy. Uh,
0: <laughs> like I said, surprised Ozzy was still here.
2: Uh, It's true. It's static X project regeneration. And uh, yeah, I mean, with Wayne static being the obviously the person who was behind the, you know, the thought process, the uh, creative process of static X, uh, once he passed, it's hard to believe that that band would have continued. But hey, they found a way. Look at them. Um, is <laughs>
0: <laughs> and is it is it, it kind of weird that in 2020 all of this happened in all of the crap that we're dealing with currently in the world? Yeah, it's definitely
2: weird. Yeah, <laughs> and so the way that they found, uh, you know, uh, bringing back Tupac. I mean, uh, bringing <laughs> back
0: uh, <laughs> Wayne <Quain is> Static.
1: <laughs> Tupac's coming back all the time. Is out uh, that's a comeback of twenty twenty one. Static X featuring Tupac. I'm going to get on that right
2: now. Apparently, <laughs> no. The joke is that Tupac was never dead. Yeah, and so uh... that's I that's saw him the McDonald's. Process. Yeah, I saw McDonald's. <laughs> uh, but that's the thought process of like, how do you have all of a sudden all these tracks where Wayne Static is singing on them, but. From what we understand is that he actually had a lot. He had recorded a bunch of tracks for a solo project that never was finalized. And the producer of that solo project then sent those tracks over to the guitarist of Static X, who kind of reworks with some of the old band members um, and reworked these songs and, and had some other songs that were uh, left off of one of their albums. I believe it was Start a War. Yes. And so they, they put these together. I think it was pretty good. They also had an they also had the help of a mysterious singer by the name of Zero, who nobody except the internet knew who what who they were. Uh, <laughs> <with> the,
1: <laughs> and it's where well, everybody's pretty sure it's the lead singer of Dope. Uh, but if you want to hear our conspiracy theory about the matter, you can listen to episode 15. There you go. <laughs> So you can just
2: listen to every single episode and
1: you'll feel comfortable enough to vote. That's right. (laughs) Really, the Static X and Gray Days were very similar projects. Yeah. Which, and, and to me, equally impressive that these remaining band members were able to craft something around these vocals that turned out so well. And both of which have gone on record as saying that they have more than enough material to make at least one more album. And so. Yeah. If that happens in the near future, they won't be comeback of the year anymore, but maybe they'll luck out and, you know, get some love for like the top 20. These guys will. Our next category is the workhorse of the year, basically meaning this is an artist that we appreciate because they did a lot of cool things in 2020. And my nomination for that is going to be Deftones, who I'm getting tired of doing this. And again, we have talked about twice <laughs> before. We've <laughs> talked about the Deftones a lot. <laughs> we are big fans. And, and here's why. And, and it's, it's why I nominated them. In episode eight, we talked about the 20th anniversary of White Pony, which was a big deal. And in episode 26, we talked about their new release, Ohms. And then after that, they also put out a uh, 20th anniversary White Pony release that had a remix album with it called black stallion, which goes track by track, the same sequence and has various sort of mostly electronic and kind of hip hop, a little, maybe a little ambient trippy kind of remixes of stuff. They're, they're hit or miss, but it's still a really cool thing to do. And so the Deftones have been busy doing good things this year and we're excited to hear that. And, and Ohms was a a bit of a surprise. The best I recall was that they only announced that that album was coming out about a month before it did. So they may have been working on it for some time beforehand, but they didn't really put the word out that they had an imminent release. And so it felt great to just randomly get a surprise Deftones album. At least that's what it felt like to me. So give them that workhorse because of those reasons.
2: My workhorse nominee of the year would be Lizzie Hale. Uh, Not only did she have the album that we mentioned that was obviously a disappointment, regardless of it being disappointment, she was still working on it, putting some blood, sweat and tears into producing that, making it and and getting it ready uh, for Mm -hmm. everybody to listen to. Um, And then, but not only that, but she was featured on everybody's song, like all fucking genres, all songs, like everywhere. (laughs) She was everywhere this year. And I have a list. I literally have, a list of all the seven songs she was on. Tell us this is your chance to sell a category. She started out the year on Mark Morton's cover of She Talks to Angels. She then was featured on In This Moment with We Will Rock You, uh, which also featured Taylor Momsen. She was also with Apocalyptica on a song called Talk to Me. She was featured in an Evanescent song called Use My Voice. She was on The Who's Song of Women. She was with a country artist by the name of Corey Mark and uh, a song called Out in the Rain. And then most recently, she was featured on a song with Dee Snyder, and the song of, was called The Magic of Christmas,
1: which is just <laughs> OK. Dee Snyder singing about Christmas. It's just so weird. Dee Snyder and Lizzie Hill did a song about Christmas. Then I concede and you win this category. Yeah, <laughs> I can't I can't top that. That's that's better than
2: 20 years of White Pony. I mean, she was working with everybody. And mind you, this is all while in quarantine. She's she's obviously got a much better handle of DMing people than, than we do.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> true.
0: And for my nominee of Workhorse of the Year, kind of along those same lines, is Jacoby Shaddix of Papa Roach as the Chameleon of Rock. He... Uh, was featured on The Who's Wolf Totem. And then he was also on Hollywood Undead's Heart of a Champion. And then they also are releasing a new album early in 2021 on their own record label. So hmm. he is all over the place.
2: He was also on the Mark Morton uh, album as well. With oh, uh, I guess it... It came out like at the beginning of this year, from what I understand, but it was a song called Sworn Apart.
0: Yeah, pretty much. And he's probably been featured in other artist songs that we just don't know about yet.
1: (laughs) Probably. He's everywhere.
0: (laughs) Throw down some lyrics.
1: That's right. (laughs) I still don't think this is going to help my cause. But just as an aside, Chino Moreno actually just on Christmas released the first uh, new Crosses music. In six years, <laughs> no, I mean, no, no, no. song, sort of. Oh, it was a cover of some nineties electro pop song. So, you know, but I'm pretty sure that you guys got it taken on that one because you got. I mean, we literally talk about Jacoby in like every third episode. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> I mean, he wasn't featured on a he wasn't featured on a song or anything, but
1: <laughs> or a D. Snyder crew
0: or Twenty One Pilots.
1: Now I really want to hear a Deftones yeah. Christmas album. That would be so great Well
2: This year you know there were There was some highlights uh, But you know most of it sucked that's for sure Uh, But there was some things Out there that made 2020 suck less and one of those Artists that I'm nominating uh, Well actually I guess it's a combination Of artists that I'm nominating that, That made 2020 suck less Is Grandson and Fever 333 with all the political unrest that was going on, it was just nice to see a couple of artists, up and coming artists, mind you, um, using their voices and, and getting out and protesting and getting people out to vote and just making a difference. It's awesome to see the next generation coming up and being so inspired to make a better world for everybody. And, and, and uh, that was just incredible. I loved seeing that.
0: Yeah. And both of both of those artists also uh, did covers of Linkin Park songs.
2: That helped their case. They were okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: It's still something.
0: (laughs) My nominee of an artist that made 2020 suck less is Local H. So Scott Lucas and Ryan Harding of Local H, they did what they could to save local venues. They did a lot of drive-in shows, and they did a lot of live streams and a lot of shows in different venues. Just trying to make everybody aware of the venues because, you know, the gig economy kind of uh, shit the bed this year.
1: <laughs> That's yep. right. Yep. So good way of putting it. I believe they were the first artists to do a drive-in concert in the state of Illinois. Yes. a pretty cool thing. They were on top of that faster than most artists were.
0: Yeah. I'm pretty sure right after Keith Urban did it, they were like the first first ones up.
1: They did a few more and those things sell out sell, sold out every time. I thought about going to a couple of them, but I I stayed passed with ho- one. <laughs> I stayed home. The main reason I passed is because with a drive-in concert, the idea is that you're going in on the ticket with your friends and all driving in the same car together. I don't really have Chicago friends who are into local age, which is a tragedy, but So I'm like, I can't afford to pay that much money just to drive myself over there to see this. (laughs) It's just not a great idea. But it was a noble idea.
0: It'd be the safest way to do it, though.
1: That's true. That's very true. (laughs) I guess they want you to go with your family, you know, your closest people. But nonetheless, my nomination for artist who made 2020 suck less is the rock battle between Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters and 10 year old British musical prodigy Nandy Bushell, who is the most adorable thing in all of rock music, I'm going to say. And these two went back and forth for like six months of the year, challenging each other to cover each other's songs and write new tracks. And they eventually, Grohl eventually admitted defeat. And uh, and she she wants to get together with him and write the greatest song in the world, which she definitely included a Tenacious D reference in <laughs> that video. And so yeah, that kid D is didn't awesome. make the greatest song. They just made the tribute to the greatest song in the world. That's right. Nandy wants to get together with Dave and make the actual greatest song to which pers- maybe Tenacious D was making the tribute for. Maybe. I I'm know.
2: pretty sure that they were
1: referencing uh, Stairway to Heaven, but you know, regardless. Maybe. Either way, she's fantastic and he is an amazing sport for for making the most of a crappy year by playing along with his child. And also Foo Fighters recorded an album this year. It's going to come out early next year. A couple tracks have already been released, but I'm going to throw that in as a little bonus to how they, they help make things suck a little bit less. So regardless of how you feel about the Foo Fighters in terms of their musical output at this point grows still a lot of fun. And this was, this was pretty awesome stuff. Agreed. Can I, can I throw in an honorable mention just for this category? I won't do it again. <laughs> sure. There's <laughs> something that's just been entertaining me for the last like two or three weeks is if you haven't heard about this, I highly recommend checking it out as soon as you can is the Eve six Twitter account. The guy from Eve six showed up again about a month ago after pretty much being dormant at least, I mean, the 6 account was pretty much dormant for a long time. And I don't even know what to call it other than it's, he, he is using Twitter as a fantastic art. He's basically and trolling. <laughs> it's a combination of trolling, of e- either telling or making up stories about other 90s bands and asking various famous people if they like, quote, the heart in a blender song. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's highly entertaining and, and occasionally he'll tell like a genuine anecdote about his life that that actually seems to be sincere and heartfelt so yeah
2: another great twitter account like that is Tony Hawk uh, <laughs> he constantly tells stories about how everybody has like just doesn't realize that he's Tony Hawk they know who Tony Hawk is but they don't know that he's Tony Hawk like everybody has an idea of who you know they know who tony hawk is in and you know idea they know what he's famous for but nobody actually knows who it is or, or i guess what he looks like nowadays and so like his twitter account is just filled with all kinds of different stories like hey you could be that skateboarder guy do you know him and he's like nope never heard of him <laughs> <It's just laughs>
0: Started things like
2: that like it, it's, it's hilarious that's great
1: i appreciate that
0: up next is label of the year and i my nomination is going to be Better Noise. They had three artists with albums come out. We had AWOL Nation with Angel Miners and Lightning Riders, From Ashes to New with Panic, and also Five Finger Death Punch with F8. And those were all pretty good albums. And that's
1: not to mention that that Who deluxe edition, I guess you'd say, of the Gehrig. Yes, I shouldn't give you extra credit because it really it, it yeah hurts you just, your case. It's you doomed us basically. <laughs> I, I think you were toast to begin with. I'll be honest because I think you've only got two <laughs> unless you found another album I forgot about from that label. My nomination is uh is a metal stalwart, Roadrunner, which has been putting out quality stuff for for ages. Um, this year they had new releases from In This Moment, uh, the Code Orange album, which was it was pretty huge. Corey Taylor's solo debut, Trivium, who we won't really talk about much, but because they they do lean a little too far into the metal past where we usually listen. But I will say that for that style of music is clearly a good album. And then uh, a band called Higher Power that I personally very much enjoyed and we'll probably talk more about later on sometime. And my nominee and I got more. Thank you very much. Challenging <laughs> okay, me. What you got?
2: What you got? <laughs> I'm just talking 2020 releases. Yeah, I was going to say you're just yeah, going to.
0: You're just going to talk about their, their roster.
2: No, no, their no. Uh, no. Um. Got, <laughs> so, I got Mascot Records. Who? Not that you know. We used to play this band way, way back in the day. I haven't played them forever, but um, a band called Otherwise. They had an album come out this year. Yeah. Uh, they're mm-hmm. on Mascot Records. Joe Bonamassa, thank you, is on Mascot Records. He had an album come out this year, uh, as well as 10 Years and Blackstone Cherry. So that is why I am nominating Mascot Records, because I and not only that, but I think the quality of Blackstone Cherry and 10 Years albums are, have just been fantastic. I didn't get a chance to listen to the Joe Bonamassa album, but I'm sure it's fantastic. Everything he does is great. So I just think that the quality mixed with the, uh, the you know, the quantity of, of albums coming out from from this uh Label is the
1: reason why they're the labeled the year. And I won't mention each one of them because I don't want to run that into the ground, but a decent chunk of the albums that we just mentioned here uh, for each of these labels. If you go back through the archives of Rock Matters episodes, you will find episodes where we discuss those albums more in depth. Yes. So you can do your own research on that one.
0: In fact, we each have at least two per category that we mentioned. <laughs>
1: That's right. All right, we're getting down to the wire here. We're going to look ahead into this year, into 2021. And this next category is the most anticipated release of 2021. My nomination for this category is the new album from Teenage Wrist called The Earth is a Black Hole. That's scheduled to come out in February. Uh, I was a huge fan of their debut album a few years back. It was called Chrome Neon Jesus. And since then, they have lost their singer Uh, and one of the other band members transitioned into the singer role. As far as I know, they are a two piece right now, officially, but they've put out three songs from this new album and they're all very exciting tracks. One of them has a heavy Jimmy World influence and I'm a huge sucker for Jimmy World. Mostly their style is a little more of they call it shoegaze is one title. And then it, I there's definitely like kind of that that heavy Deftones influence mixed in somewhere. So I'm hyped about that one. Majorly looking forward to these guys. So I, my
2: most anticipated album of next year is uh, is Ram Zombie. And he's back with his third rendition of text, uh, predictive text
1: album names. That's how he's doing these. Yes, I I I figured it
2: out. You didn't know that? Yeah, I did not. First album he came out with it just using his predictive text album name uh, generator as venomous rat regeneration vendor. And then he had the electric warlock acid, Witch satanic orgy celebration Dispenser, And the (laughs) most recent is going to be the newest edition of this weird naming theme is the Lunar Injection Kool-Aid Eclipse Conspiracy.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm definitely looking forward to it because those albums names are ridiculous, but the albums were fantastic. Uh, I really have been enjoying Rob Zombie's music the uh, uh, last like five to ten years. So I, I'm, I'm really excited about what he's going to be putting out. Because I think I said this the other day is like he doesn't have to put out good music. He doesn't have to put out music at all. Like his music career could be over and it doesn't matter to him. He's, um, he's basically a movie director now. His movies are very successful. He writes good movies. He directs good movies. Um, he does a great job on the soundtracks for them. And so if he wanted to, he could hang it up. But he, he's still inspired to make music. And I think that's why these albums have been so great, because he doesn't have to, but he still chooses to.
1: Fair enough.
0: <laughs> and one of my most anticipated releases of 2021 is Greta Van Fleet and their album, the Battle at Garden's Gate, which is scheduled to come out in April of 2021. And I'm just interested to see how much they sound like Zeppelin. <laughs> From
2: what I read, <laughs> they're not supposed to sound as much like Zeppelin as, as they have. All right. Yeah, they really tried to infuse some other inspirations of this album, and it's supposed to be kind of a, a different sounding Greta Van Fleet.
0: That should be interesting.
2: Hmm. The newest single is good. I mean, it's not it still sounds obviously a little bit like Zeppelin because that's one of their major influences. Like the the guy apparently only played Zeppelin songs on the guitar for two years straight. (laughs) So that'll do it. Yeah, they they definitely have influence and that's always going to be there. But I, I think that they're trying to branch out and get away from that that stereotype that everybody's branded them as just like a copycat band.
0: Looking forward to hear it either way, because their previous album, Anthem of a Peaceful Army, was fantastic.
2: Yes, agreed. As was the EP that they put out beforehand.
1: So what you're saying is that uh, even if they're still Led Zeppelin, that's kind of okay with you? Yes. (laughs) Fair enough.
2: Yeah, I mean, because it's not like they're covering Led Zeppelin, it's just that they do such a great job at sounding like them that it's almost like a reincarnation
0: of them. Indeed it is.
2: So for our last topic of the episode or of the year that we're gonna have an award for, we were going to do Rock Story of the Year, but the more and more that we discussed it, uh, there's really nothing to vote on. There was one just story that just dominated the entire year that forced everybody to change their entire life at the, you know, the blink of a an eye, back in March, and it was COVID. So. There's really nothing to vote on with what's what the story is of the year. There's there's a reason why we're not going to concerts. There's a reason why we're doing this podcast. There's a reason why everybody is just having to find new ways to go about living.
1: And there's a reason why I haven't seen Casey and Aaron since March. <laughs> <laughs> They've been very, very particular about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we had a few things that we thought about putting to a vote for this one, like... The return of System of a Down was even if it was just two songs was kind of a big one for us. The death of Eddie Van Halen was massive for the rock world. But man, COVID just had a shadow over literally everything. It didn't it wasn't just the biggest rock story of the year. It was the biggest story globally of the year. And what it did to music and how it changed it is, is really overwhelming pretty much anything else.
2: I mean, it affected everything like the, it it really did affect my way of listening to music and, and everything that we, you know, th- like basically of how my life revolved around music prior to COVID. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm home so much, I still listen to a lot of music here, but there's, you know, a m- majority of all the music listening I did was in my car. And since I'm not driving anywhere other than taking my kids to preschool and back, uh, like I don't. I just don't listen to that much music anymore, as I as, as much as I used to. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, and stop doing the radio show uh, yeah. is also a big, huge factor in that. And doing a show every Sunday night for three hours and playing new music and flavors, flavor of the week, and all that good stuff, and editing all those those f bombs. Yeah. Oh man. I haven't done it's any of. In
2: 16 years. I never thought, you know, after doing the show for 16 years, I never thought that we would either take this long of a break or that we would even stop period. But yeah, it's, it's been, it's been quite almost relieving to an extent of not having to do the radio show, but it's been also a, quite an experience in starting the podcast and, and having some limited success and, and just getting to do some awesome things that I've always dreamed about doing like with the radio show, but, of actually having that ability to do that with the podcast, like meeting artists and interviewing people. And just, it's been a lot of fun.
0: It's a different medium. That's for sure.
2: Yeah. Technology.
1: Yeah. This has been cool. I mean, I Casey and I have, you know, kind of freshened our editing skills a little bit. I've enjoyed kind of acting as sort of a producer of like sort of scheduling things out. It's been definitely an opportunity for the three of us to remain close especially whenever you can't be physically close with people right. very much. Yeah. And it's I'd, I'm proud that we can, by the end of the season, say we've got like 40 episodes of something that we produced collectively that I think is legitimately solid work. Yeah. And I'm not thankful for the pandemic, but this wouldn't have happened without it. And so that is a silver lining. Yes.
2: Yeah, there goes with that modesty again. We produce it. Now, you, you definitely did a lot of the producing, Aaron, and I want to take the time on this episode to give you a lot of kudos for everything you do for the show. I oh, think um, I know that it can be very frustrating to work with me. I, you can just ask my coworkers. <laughs> um I, I like being a difficult person just because it's just who I am. I, I just... I I like giving you trouble, especially because you're so meticulous and you try to be so planned out. And that's I just know that it annoys you to to, to (laughs) do stuff like that. (laughs) So that's how I get my
1: jollies is just by annoying you every once in a while when you're trying to be very meticulous about planning this. So, well, I, I, I admit that there are certain things that I'm just being nitpicky about. But at the same time, we have for the record, for the listener, we have gone on record to state multiple times that the itch is a democracy. And so everybody has a say in a vote and can veto stuff. And that'll be very much on display in our season finale, the next couple of episodes, where we count down the top 20 rock albums of the year that will be a, a collective top 20 compiled from our own individual selections and votes. So that'll be where we put the democracy thing to a test and where it's not just me coming up with plans, but all of us working together to decide
0: yeah, and we actually get to do a, a top twenty countdown with all three of us for for once.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's been ages. It's been a long time. I'm excited about it. I've been working on it, listening through those albums again, probably way more than I need to. But...
0: <laughs> <laughs> I could make other democracy jokes at the moment, but due to time I will uh not do.
1: That. <laughs> hey, I, I got one more thing to say related to that. You know, the as we said before, the Itch Awards will be available for you to vote on in the show notes, on our website, on social media, everywhere. And I'm going to say, now that 2020 is over, this is the most important election in 2021. <laughs> and so... <laughs> we shall we need you to vote. It's not true. It's that actually happened
2: vote. today, the day that we're recording, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> we'll keep going. Well, you know
1: what? The, the, the other big one was finished, and so that left the door open for us to put out something for people to vote on. There you go. So get out and rock the vote literally, and vote the rock. This is one with options you actually give a shit about. <laughs> Here's hoping. <laughs>
0: this isn't just a state vote. This is a world vote.
1: Exactly. Yeah, this is open globally to all, all people of, of all types. As long as you like the rock, then get in here and get your vote on. So once again, that website is itchrocks.com. I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S. Itchrocks is also our handle on Facebook and Twitter. You can also check the show notes for this, where we will have a link where you can vote on these categories and a link to the playlist for this episode. If you want to get a little preview of some of these a little refresher um, and we will be revealing the winners of these awards based on your choice off of our uh, nominations uh, in a couple of weeks. And that will be fun times. So you have an actual voice. Yeah. And remember, I- I've said it before. I'll say it again. You know,
2: if you don't believe that your vote doesn't count, that's bullshit. Uh, (laughs) Your vote counts in any election and any vote. So make it count in this one. We're going to do a count and a
1: recount and there will be no fraud. It'll be wonderful. Vote for my nominees. You can even vote twice. (laughs) If you want to vote twice, we probably won't know. I don't recommend it, but you can.
2: (laughs) We we promise you the options are not a giant douchebag and a turd sandwich. That's right. (laughs) South Park reference. Sorry. So thank you very much for listening to The Itch Rock Matters. My name is Dan. I'm Casey. And I'm Aaron. And until next time, rock on and vote.
1: Ooh, he threw that in there. Good. If you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend
0: about the show. We've got plenty of links in the show notes to continue the conversation, including the episode's playlist. And you can interact with us on Twitter, Facebook, or through Gmail,
2: all at Itch Rocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S.
0: Oh yeah!